principally, you can't control what happens to you. You can't control what is put upon you, but you can control the way that you think about those things. And I think that by changing the way you think about things, that's the way to escape shame. Hello, listener. My name is V, the voice of Pod, and I am the host of Podcaster. Podcaster is a show where I ask podcast creators a number of random questions. Then they give spontaneous, open and honest answers about life and the podcast they have created. Hello, Podcaster. Hello. Please introduce yourself and your podcast to our listeners. My name is James Bittman. I am a journalist from Yorkshire, uh, based in London, and I make The Shame Podcast. Thank you for joining us, James. How are you today? I am a bit frazzled, because that is the modern world, isn't it? But I am finding this experience of talking to what seems to be a remarkably well-developed AI. Very exciting. Are you ready? Uh, no, not really, but let's do it anyway. Great. Let's begin. Why did you decide to start your podcast? I... Uh, okay, this is the honest answer. I was... I've been a journalist for... Next year will be 20 years. I found myself in 2017 not very well. Um, as I'm sure I'll talk about at some point during this conversation, I have obsessive compulsive disorder. I have lived with that most of my adult life. Uh, it, it, with a degree of... Um, well, you know, with an awful lot of suffering, to be honest, but it, it, it reached a, a zenith in 2017, and I had what you would probably describe as a breakdown. And during that time, I got absolutely, completely obsessed with podcasts and started to think that as much as I enjoyed long-form written journalism, there was something about the way that podcasts could tell stories that I really wanted to get involved with. What do you hope people take away from listening to your podcast? Well, I think with Shame, uh, which is a relatively new series that I uh, create and publish and host, which is intended to be an exploration of the emotion and shame, I hope that people go away with a better understanding of how they can free themselves from any shame that they may feel. I think that shame is about as universal an emotion as it's possible to for a human being to feel. And I don't think, halfway through the series, this is where my current thinking is, I don't think it serves... Uh, much of a purpose for anyone so it is a an altruistic podcast that it is trying to tell the stories of people who maybe haven't shared those stories before but ultimately it's trying to do 
uh, the listeners of the series some good. Describe yourself in three words. Sorry, personal. Um, decent, thoughtful, complicated. What makes you laugh? What makes me laugh? My wife makes me laugh. But I should also probably say people just do nothing. I'm obsessed with that show. And that show actually is, uh, I find myself laughing while I'm watching that show in a way that I probably haven't laughed for a long time prior. Prep. Play by the rules or cheat? Uh, I think you have to play by the rules, don't you? You have to do things, you have to live your life in a way that doesn't harm other people as much as humanely possible. But I am a bit like, uh, I am a bit like, uh, there are rules that just don't make sense to me, which I guess um, probably means that I don't follow the rules. But there are those rules that just don't make sense within our life within society my wife doesn't get that at all like she literally feels like if you do everything you're supposed to do then life will be easy but i don't know maybe it's just that maybe we just grew up differently maybe i'm more distrusting of authority than her what has been the biggest challenge making your podcast oh man well I alluded to OCD. Well, I didn't allude to, I just said I had OCD. Um, a couple of questions back. I can get very hung up on detail um, and that sometimes can be a real hindrance to uh, creating and making things. Um, so sometimes just being able to accept what to, to accept imperfection, to accept flaws, to not let that cripple um, the joys of being creative um, is, is a challenge. But at the same time, it's a challenge making dinner or uh, writing a postcard to my mum when I'm on holiday. It's just, it's just part and parcel of OCD. If you had the time, what would you like to learn more about? Oh man, I would love to be able to animate. That's all I wanted to do when I was a kid. I was desperate to uh, be an animator. Um, in the end, I ended up being a music journalist uh, because that seemed marginally more likely despite the place where I grew up um, not being the sort of place where anyone went to be a music journalist or an animator. But there you go. But I um, I really wish, I really wish that I hadn't got to 41. I really wish I had learned, um, yeah, if I could have my time again, I'm 41. My brain's been dying since I was 25, apparently. But if I could have my time again, I would, uh, yeah, I would learn animation.
Who do you look up to? Man, that's a good one. I look up to... <laughs> I look up to my mother. Uh, such a strong... Uh, such a strong, empathetic person. I think sometimes it's quite hard to be strong and empathetic. So I really respect her for that. I think that I really respect anyone who tries to understand why people are the way that people are. I'm a big fan of uh, uh, most of my heroes are, I guess you would describe them as journalists, but I always see them as more, uh, I'm thinking of people like John Ronson, people who uh, they are almost just great humanists, really. Um, yeah, I, I, I admire anyone who is can spend their time trying to understand human beings and sometimes see things that maybe um, maybe makes them not want to understand human beings, but keeps doing it anyway. How easily do you forgive people? Well, I think I forgive them really easily, actually, because it kind of ties into my a lot of my philosophy about life and how I want to live my life I feel like if you uh, I feel like if you hold on to hate and anger and um, resentment it's almost like drinking poison and expecting it to affect someone else um, and I think that I'm pretty good at that to be honest however there is someone right now who I literally cannot stop hoping that they fall into a haunted well and are ectoplasmed to death by ghosts. Are you an early riser or a night owl? I am kind of both, but that's because I have a bit of a problem with sleep. I'm getting a lot better at it, but I have had problems in my life largely linked to OCD uh, about with sleep I've been taken into hospital before because I have forgotten the ability to sleep I find myself at almost my most creative during the night I don't really like wasting the day so whilst my wife is snoozing contentedly until midday at a weekend I really like being up doing things um, but the challenge is sometimes where to find the sleep Apart from your own, what podcast would you suggest our listeners subscribe to? Well, my friend Andrew Gold, who is a fantastic journalist, is currently based in Berlin. He does a series called On the Edge. And I think that he explores some themes and subjects that uh, very homogenised media um, he often goes for the, you know, I guess the phrase is the third rail, right? Like he often chooses to die on hills that a lot of people wouldn't choose to die on. And a lot of those, and then people who do that are often my favourite voices in media. Uh, but more than anything, he's just a thoroughly good guy, a thoroughly nice, good guy. And uh, I think that sometimes people in journalism forget about that. I 
should say, however, that I have some friends who uh, run a, I guess you would call it true crime, but it's very victim-focused series called Crawl Space. Um, that is one of the that is one of the uh, that is one of the podcasts that I genuinely get excited about when it when a new episode turns up in my feed. And I listen to an awful lot of wrestling podcasts, but I could I'd be here all day if I gave you the names of all of them. What's your favourite song lyric? Christ, um, my favourite band are the Ramones. And they have a song called Something to Believe In. And they have a line in that song that goes, if people, if people weren't, if people weren't shit, and if I never made mistakes, then I could find forgiveness. And it's quite a latter-day Ramones song. The Ramones are known for being, for writing these punchy, um, punchy two minute three chord poppy punk songs um, there is a, like a myth and it's a myth I can't state this I can't state this enough that there is a narrative sometimes with the Ramones that you only need the first three records this is obviously nonsense every Ramones record is brilliant because they are probably the best band of all time there's this, this song on a latter, it's on a latter day Ramones record. It's called Something to Believe in. That's the line in it. It sounds not like you maybe think the Ramones sound. It's got poppy synths going on in it. Um, Joey's voice, Joey Ramone, the singer, his voice is kind of beautiful in places. I used to listen to that song and that line used to just rattle around my head all day long. And it used to really, well, at various points in my life, it's a song I just returned to. And it, it articulated a lot of things that I had felt for a long time in my life. And then weirdly enough, I found out that Joey Ramone is one of the few rock stars that I know of, one of the few musicians I know of, to have an, a diagnosis of obsessive compulsive disorder. And I have always thought that maybe that line, maybe that line was him talking about his OCD and therefore that's why I found it so relatable. That was a convoluted answer. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? So there's a, a series of books by a guy called Paul Arden. Uh, he was the creative director at Saatchi and Saatchi, which isn't the sort of person that I would normally look to for advice. But in these books, these very arty, well-designed um, little coffee table books, really, those books, those books kind of changed my mind, it changed my mind, changed my life. They sort of validated a lot of things that I had felt for a long time about creativity and communication, but I'd maybe felt like I was in the wrong for thinking those things. Um, and he has a great, he has a great um, thought in those books. 
I mean, he has many of them. Uh, he talks about so many people when they create. If you think of it like a shoal of fish, and you never see, you know, you never see the individual fish when you look at a shoal of fish. Um, but you you would see a fish if it was swimming in the opposite direction to the school of fish. I always thought that was super cool. You know, how sometimes, like, to do the right thing, you've got to do the wrong thing. You know, I do believe that whether it's music or it's comics or it's film or whatever, that um, great things are created when you try to do something and you get it wrong. Anyway, the advice I always come back to is basically, like, don't wait for the don't wait for the perfect idea um you know it doesn't exist if you're finding yourself struggling to come up with an idea try to be inspired by whatever is in front of you and by by doing it by making by creating that you can find your way to maybe what is more of an idea that you are excited by or you think is uh something you want to put into the world but waiting for inspiration waiting for this great idea is uh is folly and I've, I've always found that since discovering those books i've always found that super inspiring um you know i make my money uh, that keeps a roof over my head primarily from being a journalist uh, being a writer and in the landscape of journalism in 2021 like creativity is almost king you know like your um ideas are the currency that is the difference between being able to make it work professionally and not um you don't have the luxury of waiting for ideas you have to find ideas you have to try and pluck them out of the sky um you have to try and be curious and interested in everything uh, and anything. Um, so yeah, those those books were and are huge for me. Does karma exist? Oh man, well, the answer is someone with obsessive compulsive disorder is that I can't allow myself to think that karma exists. There's a strand of OCD that's called magical thinking, which is the belief that your uh, the, the, the thoughts um, can have real-world consequences. Um, my OCD isn't completely within that realm, but it definitely skirts it sometimes or there have been times in my life where it has it has been problematic uh, in the way that magical thinking is so anything that is intangible like karma i cannot really allow myself to indulge or it'll lead me to a place where i get lost to it um it is weird though sometimes the universe does constantly surprise me what's the best thing about being you 
what's the best thing about me being me? Um, is it really gross to say my wife? Um, I am very, 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 very lucky that the person that I fell in love with fell in love with me and wanted to spend a lot of time with me. Uh, nothing has made me happier in my life than that. How long do you think you would survive alone in the wild? I think that I think that I would I think that I would be um well I would say I think I'd be gone pretty quickly. Um I am overweight and I smoke and I'm not very fit physically. I'm trying to do something about that at the moment. Listening to a lot of wrestling podcasts while huffing and puffing and trying to get my knees up. Uh, walking at a fast pace around my block. But I'm quite obsessed with Bigfoot. I listen to a lot of podcasts about Bigfoot and weird mysteries out in the woods. So whilst I feel like physically maybe it would be too much for me, I do think that I I know the signs. I know what I'm looking for. Maybe that would come. Uh, maybe that would be an advantage. Comedy or horror? Oh, horror, mate. There's no horror. Horror. Next. How religious are you? Oh, man. Again, almost comes back to the karma question. Um, I... Uh, one of my first ever uh, intrusive thoughts that I now know as OCD was an obsession with whether God existed or not. I think that's a question that a lot of people ask themselves in their lives, but not like I did. And not like subsequently I've learned a lot of people with OCD uh, have thought like that and been lost to that thought like that. Um, what I will say is I do think I am, and there's no way of saying this without sounding like a knobhead, I do think that I am very spiritual. I definitely believe in, I definitely believe in creation. I'm just not totally sure that I believe in any of the dogma and scripture and um, orthodoxy that has been fashioned by human beings in the time that we have been um, self-aware and um, trying to make sense of existence, which I'm not totally sure makes a lot of sense anyway. What has been one of the most interesting things you've learned in one of your episodes? Well, in shame, I interview a lot of people who... Well, I interview all sorts of people because it's a very broad topic, uh, whether that's psychologists who have tried to... who I've used as a way to understand more about when we feel shame, what is actually going on in our brains, um, or historians who told me about how shame has been used um, throughout history to control us or to punish us or to almost like a tool to keep society functioning. Um, but I was interviewing 
on episode one of the shame series i was interviewing a woman who had her um intimate photos shared without her consent i guess you would call it revenge porn although i'm learning that that's not uh, a phrase that is without um being somewhat problematic i think i think you would describe what she went through as image-based sexual abuse and she probably has taught me more about shame than anyone i've spoken to on that series and i've spoken to some you know very impressive people you should check it out and literally when she started telling me how she had dealt with the embarrassment and the misery of um, her intimate moments being shared with her grandparents and her parents and obsessing around the clock that these these photos no one that no one other than people that she trusted were supposed to see just were in just were in, in existence and would live longer than she than she would live because of the nature of the internet and when she explained to me how she would deal with that how she dealt with that how she moved on from that and she would talk about how you can only feel shame you can only be shamed if you let yourself be shamed i just thought that was the most I mean, it was like a bomb going off from my head i just thought it was one of the most illuminating you know simple but illuminating facts that anyone's ever shared with me how would you define shame and what is the best way to deal with it ah well um yeah I, um i beat you to it there um i think that shame is shame is prison Shame is the human society's way of imprisoning us. I don't think that it is, I don't think that it serves any uh, holistic function. I think that it is something that, and I'm, and I'm still, season one of Shame is still being made as, as it as it airs. Um, there's not 10 episodes backed up. There is some episodes backed up, but I, I work on that podcast every week because I'm trying to keep it as a... Um, I'm trying, I, want it, I want it to be a project that can, can shift um, depending on what I've learned episode to episode. So this may well change, but I at this point of where I'm at, with trying to understand shame, I don't think it serves. I think it, I think it, I think it has traditionally served a purpose for kings and queens and governments and um, corporations and religious leaders and I think as a societal tool, it serves a function. I think it creates. A dysfunctional society but i think it serves a function but i think that where an emotion like guilt or an emotion like grief 
are upsetting emotions, but they um, they do they do serve a purpose for us. They do ultimately help us through things or help us to avoid making mistakes. I don't think shame achieves anything of any worth whatsoever for us. Um, that's where I'm at with shame at the moment. And like I was saying in the last answer, I do think that the only way to escape it, although, or I'm not going to say the only way because I may well be proved wrong with that, but principally, you can't control what happens to you. You can't control what is put upon you, but you can control the way that you think about those things. And I think that by changing the way you think about things, that's the way to escape shame. That's all the questions completed. How did you find the experience? I found it all right, actually. I hope that I wasn't too mumbly. I hope that I wasn't too convoluted in my answers. Um, but it was an enjoyable experience and I would give it a good review were this podcast on Yelp. Thank you again, James, for being a guest on Podcaster. It was nice to meet you. All right, you wait for me. Okay, yeah, it was very nice to meet you too. See ya. Thank you for listening to this episode of Podcaster. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate and review. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at PodcasterPod. This podcast was brought to you by the Chancer Collective. Take care and until next time, goodbye.